For three consecutive Sundays now, the liturgy has been at pains to remind us of God's fathomless mercy. Last week we saw God the Father pitying the men in the workplace who hadn't found work all day and rewarding them with a full day's pay. The week before that we heard about the steward who avoided being sold into slavery because of the mercy of his master but who failed to show mercy in turn to his fellow servants. It's as if this aspect of God's love for us is easily forgotten. The Church needs to keep bringing this up. The last several popes have emphasized the centrality of God's mercy. So Pope St. John Paul II entitled his second encyclical, Dives in Misericordia, Rich in Mercy. And he promoted, of course, the celebration of divine mercy through the life of St. Faustina and the Feast of Divine Mercy, as the Sunday after Easter is sometimes called. Cardinal Ratzinger, who worked for the Pope in those days, expressed initially some reservations about this name change of the second Sunday of Easter. But after becoming Pope himself, as Pope Benedict XVI, he initiated the World Apostolic Congress on Mercy in 2009. And, of course, Pope Francis is widely known uh, to, even outside the Catholic Church, by the way, for his emphasis on God's mercy. And, in fact, the Latin word miserendo appears in his coat of arms in reference to the call of Matthew, the tax collector. God's mercy shown to one of these tax collector types. Now, this isn't entirely a modern problem that we forget about mercy and we need reminders all the time. St. Benedict, in the 6th century, ends his list of the tools of good works by reminding his monks never to despair of God's mercy. But I think that the modern temptation to neglect the mercy of God does bring additional angles, and it's worth our reflection together. Perhaps we can enter into this reality by looking at the collect for today. Uh, the translation of this is on the front page of the leaflet that you might have received when you entered. We prayed at the beginning of Mass today that God manifests his power by showing mercy. And I wonder how many of us here and how often we, we wish that God would manifest his power by showing power, by fixing things, making our lives easier, getting rid of the problems. There are lots of them. We could probably each one of us name about ten without thinking too hard if I asked you to just right now. And it's especially a temptation, I think, for the most devout in the church. We watch the church apparently going through what feels like one defeat after another. When is God going to step in and fix the problems of the episcopacy with religious life, with the laity? Let's not leave anybody out. Lots of problems. Power it, as an English word is interesting because it translates two different Latin words, potentia and potestas. So potentia is the ability to do whatever I want, right? And uh, so God is all-powerful. No one can stop him from carrying out his plans. The rest of us are only contingently powerful. We usually run up against the limits of our ability to do what we want. There's also potestas, which is a legal kind of authority. Some of us have the authority to do certain things, 
as a religious superior, I have authority to do certain things that, that you probably don't have authority to do. Um, but uh, th that also runs up against limitations. What the collect is asking God to do is to show us his potentia, the unlimited power that he can do whatever he wants. Not, he's not limited by any legal uh, definitions. He's not limited by his covenant. He can do whatever he wants. And so how does he manifest this power to do whatever he wants? He does it by showing mercy to us. It is uh, the collect, as I said, he uses potentia. This is God's will that can't be thwarted. So God chooses to use this power uh, to speak to the heart of each one of us that really needs this mercy. His will is the ministry of reconciliation and forgiveness. In other words, he doesn't need to bully us or anyone else by throwing his weight around. In fact, I'm going to turn back to the Gospels now for a moment. So I've noted the continuity of the themes between the last three weeks. Uh, but there is an important difference this week from the other weeks. And that is that Jesus' drama of his ministry has moved to a new level. Last week he was just on the road to Jerusalem for his final Passover, but today he's arrived. And so in between last week and this week, what's happened is, uh, before our Lord meets up with the chief priests and elders, he entered the holy city to shouts of Hosanna. He had entered the temple and overturned the money changers' tables. The blind and the lame, prostitutes and tax collectors, a real rabble was gathering around this man, this would-be Messiah. Where does he get off acting like this? Who gives him this authority? The chief priests challenge him on this point. Who gives you this authority? This is the, the discussion right before today's gospel. And as you know, Jesus won't answer it because the chief priests won't answer the question, is John's baptism from God or from man? Right? And if you remember, in today's gospel, we hear about John again. Today's gospel ends noting that it was the prostitutes and the tax collectors who recognized in John's offer of God's mercy the voice of the loving Father that really does come from God. John speaks as a prophet through the Holy Spirit. And it was those who needed mercy or recognized their need for reconciliation to God, just how far I still am from God. It's in that position that I can welcome his mercy. It's not from a position of uh, already being there or a position of uh, somehow being separated from sinners. It's being a sinner myself. I can say, yes, I, I need this mercy. I want this mercy. So the prostitutes and tax collectors were able to welcome the Son besides. When the Messiah, the Son of God, came to Jerusalem, it was those who had accepted John's baptism who recognized him. The good shepherd, when he appeared, he was out to uh, go after those lost sheep. St. Luke tells us in a similar passage that the Pharisees and the lawyers, other groups of sort of the in-crowd, religious in-crowd, rejected God's purposes for them. What's God's purpose? To show mercy, to reconcile. Because they refused this plan of God's, they refused to be baptized by John. They resisted God's mercy. That's for other people, apparently. What separates those who refused John's offer of mercy? 
and who rejected God's almighty power to pardon from those who welcomed this power. When we look out at the world today, as I said, it's the easiest thing to find something or someone to criticize. And it's, uh, it's easy to go from that. And of course, there are legitimate things to criticize. We shouldn't be uh, pretend that there aren't. And it's easy to go beyond that to finding enemies and then to want God to put these enemies in their place, to show his power by stopping them. Uh, St. Paul made this mistake in his early career. He was one of those Pharisees who rejected John's baptism at first. And he thought he was actually serving God by violently rounding up the Christians for persecution and stoning. He was resisting God's plan. And when Jesus speaks to him on the road to Damascus, he, he says, Don't you realize it's hurting you to kick against the goad? God's trying to push you <laughs> toward his mercy and you're saying no. Stop. You don't have to, right? Uh, it'll be easier if you admit that you're part of the problem, Paul, <laughs> right? Paul couldn't see that he was doing himself harm by pointing the finger at others, by resisting the message of mercy intended for him as an individual, for each one of us. And often enough, again, we can't either because we're too focused on other people's need to be corrected. As we hear in the gospel today, it's never too late. If we find ourselves in this position, resisting God's mercy, it's not too late. We said yes at our baptisms. We can say yes again. We can do it this time. Receive God's mercy. We can draw near to the throne of God to receive his mercy. And then go forth into that turbulent world, having experienced this, and offer it to others by our own patience, forgiveness, good cheer, zeal for God. We can be ambassadors for Christ carrying the message of reconciliation. And whatever obstacles we may perceive, today is the day to resolve to be reconciled to God, not in word only, and then go off and do something else, but in the actions henceforth, and let us show others the meaning of God's mercy.